0: thanks for listening to the Cascade Vineyard Church podcast. To learn more about our community or the vineyard movement as a whole, feel free to visit our website, cascadevineyard.org. There you'll also find additional teachings, information on our various ministries, and other resources for further developing your faith. Our Sunday live stream starts at 10 a.m. at cascadevineyard.org stream or on Facebook at Cascade Vineyard Church. Thanks for tuning in. We've been talking about spiritual warfare. We're going through the book of Ephesians, slowly but surely, chapter 6, looking at the armor of God, the full armor of God, and how that armor uh, helps us to effectively fight the battle. I was reminded this week again that whether we like it or not, you know, we're in the battle. It's not optional. We don't get to say, no, I don't want that part of the deal. Uh, The reality is that when we sign up to follow Jesus, uh, the spiritual warfare that exists comes with that. And frankly, I'll be honest, there's spiritual warfare even when we're not following Jesus, we're probably just not aware of it. So it's, it's a reality. Life is tough. Warfare is real. Um, and the the idea behind Paul's writing and and in our series, really, the thing I want to communicate to you guys is that it's beneficial for us to be as prepared as we can possibly be. Uh, the, the better prepared we are, uh the better able we are to to not only navigate life, but really to to thrive and, and to have joy and peace and blessing in the course of life. So that's the goal. We, we talked last week about uh, our feet being fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace, having shoes of peace on, and really the internal peace is where, what that focus of that verse is. Uh, and it's, it's a blessing. I, I can say, you know, maybe probably all of you, there have been times in my life when I've walked in peace and there have been times in my life when I haven't. And the times in my life when I have, are are always a lot nicer. And so we, we you know th- that's a it's a positive thing to be able to have and know and walk in the peace of God. Um, today and uh, Naomi, you can go to the next slide. We're going to talk about the shield of faith. Uh, so let's pray and then we'll we'll dive in. Lord, thanks again for just being here today, being with you, being in your presence. We love you. We're so grateful in, in this really. Weird and hard season to we're just grateful to be together. Uh, we're grateful for our church family, our, this body, the, the friends and the, the support and commitment and encouragement we get from one another. Just being together. Thank you for our time of worship this morning. Just bless your word today, Lord. Let it just strengthen our lives, uh, and draw us closer to you. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. One verse again. Verse 16. In addition to all this, Take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Obviously, a continuation in addition to all this. Paul's, you know, he's been kind of rolling on in this this topic for a little while, referring back to the previous components of armor that we've talked about the last few weeks. And, and then he moves on into the shield of faith that distinguishes, extinguishes, not distinguishes, it extinguishes the flaming arrows of the evil one. Brought up to my mind almost immediate, immediately, all of, uh, some of so you probably seen old movies, or not all old, but, movies about medieval warfare uh i i always refer to gladiator with russell crowe anybody probably you guys haven't seen those movies they're so bloody and gory nobody would watch those but me gladiator with russell crowe or there is the all time go ahead and give me the next slide the all time classic braveheart uh mel gibson there looking like he's going to a metallica concert he's got this weird mullet thing going on And then he's got the black leather with the studs, and then he's got the Smurf face paint. I don't know what that's about, but that was a good movie. And then, uh, you know, but he talks about extinguishing the flaming arrows. Go to the next slide. See if you can see this. It's a little, you can't see it real well, but in those movies, and I don't remember which one that one's from, but there's ancient warfare, they didn't have guns yet. Nobody invented guns. So it was all hand-to-hand combat. But if you've seen those movies, what they do before they go hand-to-hand is they line up. It's like a big football field, and they get on both ends of the field, and they all shoot these arrows, these flaming arrows, over at the other guys. And, you know, some of them hit, and, they you know, it's harder to fight hand-to-hand when you're on fire. So they do that. But what you also will see... Is the way that they, they know they're coming, so they, they have their shield. And the shield of faith extinguishes those arrows. So go to the next slide, one more. There's Brad Pitt in Troy. He's looking good, Brad Pitt. He's got the surfer hair, and, and he's decked out in the full armor, but he has the shield of faith. And his, his shield is fairly historically accurate, as far as I can tell. The shields would have been about four to four and a half feet high to cover most of your body, two to two and a half feet wide. He's got that nifty little cutout in the top so you can see over the top. They would have been made of bronze or metal or sometimes uh, wood with leather over the front that they would soak in water so that when those flaming arrows would hit, it would put them out. That's, That's what I'm told. Or, you know, what I read. I wasn't actually told that by anybody that was there. I read that in a book. Um, But that's the whole idea. And that's the image, the metaphor, you know, the, the, the word picture that Paul's painting for us here is this shield that extinguishes those arrows from the enemy. But when we take that into the reality of our lives day to day, the truth is... There are flaming arrows being launched at us all the time. Some of those are very overt. Sometimes, you know, you go through some really horrid circumstance or maybe you have a bad nightmare or something and you, you immediately go, oh, that's spiritual warfare. You know spiritual warfare is happening. Um, and, and I think awareness is the first point of defense in spiritual warfare is coming to the recognition that there, this is an attack, there's warfare happening in my life. To, to recognize it is, is really helpful because very often, and, and I think this is more often the case, is that warfare is not overt. It's much more subtle. And so we fall under attack of the enemy and we we don't even realize right away or maybe sometimes not for a long time that that we're under attack um and that makes it harder you 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 you're kind of getting hammered down and you don't realize what's happening part of that is as i mentioned before in in this culture our culture we have limited spiritual awareness uh, we have what's called a western rational mindset which again, by and large, is very good, except that it discounts much of the spiritual supernatural realm, and so we're not aware of things like warfare. We rationalize things, uh, and we don't recognize what's happening. Sometimes, you know, there's a spectrum of belief in the church. We've talked about this a little bit before, On sort of one end of the spectrum is sort of what I would call, and I I hate labels, but just for the sake of clarification, kind of hyper-Pentecostalism, where there's, you know, everything's warfare all the time, and there's demons behind every bush, and you're always doing battle in the heavenlies and pulling down strongholds, you know. And then on the other end of the spectrum is this total, uh, kind of, and again, uh, avoiding labels, but sort of... Uh, American Western evangelicalism that's really more about political affiliation and being a good person, you know, having your stuff together, more about that than really seeking who God is and entering into a relationship with Him. Somewhere in the middle of all that, there's an awareness of a spiritual realm, an awareness that things are happening that we don't see in front of us with our eyes all the time. And 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 here's my concern, and this is what I really want to get at with all that. Sometimes I'm af- I think we're afraid to acknowledge it. We don't know exactly even where we are on that spectrum and we're not sure where other people are. So we're afraid if I say something to the effect of I'm experiencing spiritual warfare, I'm under attack, whatever, whatever, people might kind of look at you like you're a little weird. You know, I want to say this. I, I hope, I hope in this environment, We care about one another. We love one another. We value one another enough to, first of all, not think anything's weird. Just say, Hey, wherever, whatever you're experiencing, what's going on in your life today? We want to go through that with you. We want to pray with you and walk through that with you. Second of all, to acknowledge that those things do happen. There's a reality to that. And we can, we can really, really, really encourage and support one another through that process we really can um, i want to give you some examples of of spiritual warfare and how the flaming arrows of the enemy work you know and and i don't want anybody I, i'm going to give kind of real life examples i don't want anybody to feel diminished in any way this is just as i see it how life works you might be a person who has a tendency towards, or, or, or a propensity for anxiety or depression in your life? There's no shame in that. That's there's a lot, a lot of people that experience that, and it might be mild or, or subtle, but it's just a, a t- tendency you have, and you you walk through life and you learn to to navigate that, and manage that. But here's the thing: what happens then? the enemy, does, he'll fire a flaming arrow at you and hit you right in that spot. And then that subtle anxiety or subtle depression isn't so subtle anymore. It becomes very debilitating. And I want to say that, that those are real things that we have these tendencies and the enemy will, will play off of those in our lives. Uh, maybe you're somebody who has low self-esteem. And... You know, and there's a lot of reasons for that. You didn't reach the goals you set for yourself, or didn't do as well as your siblings, or your your college roommate, or whatever, and and so you you have this tendency towards maybe a, lo- a little bit of of low self esteem. Well, the enemy. <sighs> I, thank you. It. I thought it was there. Almost. Just so close. So close. The enemy will play off of that and, and all of a sudden that little bit of low self-esteem becomes you're worthless. You know what I mean? That, that's how it works. That, that's how they, that, the, that, those attacks are very, very real. Um, maybe, you know, you're a person who, you have a tendency towards fear. You're fearful a little bit in life. Look, the last couple of years, there's a lot of things to be afraid of, you know? But I shared with you last week about I was out on my walk and that gal hiding behind a tree, you know? And it's like, to me, I don't know her. I don't know what her life is like. I'm telling you, she was under the effect of spiritual warfare. When you're going for a walk, you don't need to cower behind a tree when somebody's walking the other way. Okay, the, 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 she was she was having unnat- an unnatural amount of of fear. Um, I want to say this. Okay, the enemy hates relationships. God is a relational God, and God's purpose is to draw us together. The enemy hates that, and so a lot of times, the one of the primary targets that he fires arrows at are at the point of relationships, you know. An arrow might be launched between you and your spouse. You know, and maybe maybe your spouse is busy or they're distracted a little bit. Something's going on. Boom, the enemy shoots an arrow in there. And the next thing you know, you think, oh, they don't care about me anymore. He just plays off of that. Same thing at work, that can happen at work, you know, your boss or a coworker, maybe they had a bad day or they're overwhelmed themselves or they're busy or whatever, somebody throws something on your desk that you weren't prepared for and the next thing you go, oh, this," you know, they hate me and they're trying to get rid of me and it just becomes a much bigger thing in our mind than it is. So often when those things happen in our life, I want to say, I believe those things very often are spiritual warfare. The enemy is utilizing those little natural human things in our lives and making them bigger than they are. I think we need to remind ourselves one of, the, one of the best things we can do in terms of spiritual warfare is to remind ourselves very, very often that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, okay? So this person right here in front of me today might be the one that I'm upset with at this moment, but they're not the enemy. And we have to remember that. They're not the enemy. There's something I was reminded this week. Go ahead, Naomi. John Wimber used to say this, and it's so profound. Your brother is never your enemy. I mean, we just spend too much time being upset with one another. And, 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 and I tell you, when we do that, the enemy wins. When we, when we take out our frustration on one another, the enemy wins because our brother is never our enemy; he's the enemy, and he wins when we when we when we fall into that trap. So, so a primary line of defense in regard to this, something that protects us, Paul says, is the shield of faith. It's saying yes to God no matter what. It, it's it's turning to Him in those times recognizing what what's happening in my life right now is, is warfare. There's a battle going on. We I know what that is, and I trust in God, and I'm going to listen to Him, and I'm going to believe Him, and I'm going to walk through this thing with Him no matter what. And faith then becomes a shield that extinguishes those arrows. I had said a couple weeks ago or somewhere in the series, I don't remember that, the components of the armor are all both offensive and defensive. Now, the shield of faith, obviously, is primarily defensive. But let me tell you how I think it works offensively. And it's this way. It's that when we recognize attacks from the enemy, and he fires those darts and they bounce off, they bounce off, they bounce off, We've shut off that point of attack and he can't get us there anymore. And I think it puts him on the defensive and it limits his ability to come at us. And it becomes then an an offensive thing. We push back against the enemy. That's really what happens. So being aware is huge. Just being aware of the schemes of the enemy diminishes his ability to get to us. And it's really at that point that we do become more like Jesus. If you remember the verse we looked at a couple of weeks ago, Jesus said, here comes the prince of the world, but he has no hold on me. And we get to that place where we can say that, you know, the enemy's attacking, but he has no hold on me. I can rise above those things. The enemy fires an arrow of fear your way. And and we say, no, you know, the perfect love of God in my heart will drive out fear. He fires an arrow of you being not loved or unlovable, and you say, "No way, God loves me with, with unsurpassable love." You know, He fires fires an arrow of 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 anxiety your way, and you say, "No, God has given me a level of peace that's beyond even my own ability to understand it. It's it resides in my spirit and in my heart." He fires that arrow of worthlessness at you, and you say, "You know what?" I am not worthless. I am the opposite of that. I am worth everything. I am of inestimable value to the Son of God who gave his life up for me. We have the ability in faith to extinguish, put out the flaming arrows of the enemy. Hebrews 11 says, Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Do you ever wonder why it says that? Here's the thing. Without faith... We're left to wallow in whatever the enemy throws our way. That becomes our reality. When in faith, those things are repelled, and our reality becomes not what he says, but what God says. God is pleased. We please God when we, as his kids, walk in his blessing. He wants us to receive from him. It's just like us. We want to give our kids stuff. We love seeing our kids have be happy. I was watching my granddaughter open birthday presents yesterday. We've determined she's very good at getting gifts. She loves to open presents. She opens presents better than anyone. Uh, and it's so exciting to watch that. And I think God loves to watch us as his kids. He just loves to to see us in that place. You know, I mean attack, finances, you think of your finances and you go, uh, you know, with faith, I trust God's going to take care of me. But then circumstances change. There's another round of layoffs. I, it just the, the, the craziness of the past couple of years, obviously it affects a lot of things. But as I watch the news, it's affecting people financially, economically, jobs, you know, are, 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 all that's happening. And so do we have faith that God will take care of it? What is it? uh, Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Is that right? Did I get that right? Yeah, okay, see? I know that stuff. Um, You know, I'll say this, in the Vineyard Movement, healing has historically been one of those touch points. Um, You know, we believe God heals. We pray for people that are sick to get well. What happens when they don't? What do we do? do? Do we... Back off. Do we lose faith or do we stay in that place of faith, trusting and believing in God? Because I want to say this. Circumstances don't change faith. We have to, we have to be able to stand in faith regardless of our circumstances. If you go all the way back to chapter one in Ephesians said, you know, God's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Him. Every spiritual blessing. Faith is what activates that. Faith is what allows us to receive those spiritual blessings. Faith is when I say, I'm going to believe God and trust in him regardless of what my circumstances say, even to the point of everything on this level being contrary to who God is and what he says. I'm going to trust him and believe in him anyway. And I don't think that's crazy or ridiculous or stupid. I think... That's where we're supposed to be as people of God. The shield of faith is, is primarily defensive. But I want to give a caveat in that it's not a place to hide. You know, you, you put that shield overhead and you go, Oh, it's kind of nice in here. It's quiet and it's a little bit shady and I got, I got some snacks. And I think I'll just stay in here for a while. And you become, I guess, sort of like uh, that ostrich that sticks his head in the sand. Oh, did you know that ostriches don't really do that? Did anybody know that? Look at that. See, that's what I'm talking about right there. You're not going to get that anywhere else. Ostriches do not stick their heads in the sand. That is a myth. And you know where that myth originated? Ancient Rome. Think about that. Just go home and ponder that for a little while. Check me out. <laughs> Not right now. Don't be Googling ostriches right now. You wait till you get home. Joshua chapter 7. Israel comes under attack by AI. Hey, this, I love that. They're, they're pirates. I, I. They just AI attacks them, and uh, but the point is not pirates. The point is, Joshua goes to God. He says, "God, you got to do something. Help us. Get us out of this mess." And what does God tell Joshua? Get back in the battle. You go fight. See, the purpose of the my point is simply the purpose of the shield isn't to hide. It's to help us engage the enemy. It's to push back against the attacks. It's not a safe place to hide. It's a it's an offensive place to push back. Spiritual warfare, to be honest, the examples I've given this morning, it's very practical. It's very practical. Invest in relationships. When the battle is on, team up, engage with one another. In those battle scenes, in those movies, one of the things I noticed, so we saw the row of guys shooting the flaming arrows. And on the other end, what the guys did is they all get down and they connect their shields together. They overlap them over the top of one another so that the arrows can't come in between them. And I just thought that was such an awesome picture because that's really where the safety is. When we come together in the name of Jesus, and we learn to rely on one another, and that's not a bad thing; it's a good thing. I, I, I true confessions. I think I told you guys last week. I don't remember if I did, and I'll tell you now. I'm reading Brene Brown. I, I don't recommend it. My God, it's brutal. No, I really do recommend it. But the whole point of being vulnerable. And being willing to own up to where you are and being willing to even say, I, I need your help. You know, it's so powerful. I really, I, 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 I hesitate to say stuff like this, but I think that's a word for us today from God. We need each other. Stick together. Uh, safety in numbers. Somebody's going to be. Make- Rogan's going to make a voice clip of me going, eh. <laughs> safety in numbers. We really do need each other. I, that's just my, that, forget everything else I said today. We need each other. We can't fight this battle alone. I, I think if we can be vulnerable enough to say, pray for me, be whatever we need to say, support me, be with me, watch, you know, whatever. I think we're ahead of the game. So let me see. I've lost my place. (laughs) Faith is a choice. I think that's the last point. Faith is a choice. We really are rational beings. We think, we process, we reason, we have will, and we ask questions, all good things except If I believe, if I come to the conclusion that believing in God, having faith is going to affect me or impact me in a negative way, then I might find reason not to. But the point is this, outside of whatever rational conclusions our mind comes to, the reality is in our hearts and in our spirits we need to stand in faith in the presence of God and we need Him And it's not always an easy choice, but faith is a choice. I choose to have faith today in the midst of this situation. And I will be the first to say, it's hard to walk in faith every day because the attack of the enemy comes every day. Every day. Every day. One of my favorite characters in the Bible, I loved, Daphne talked about just some of the little vignettes in the Gospels this morning, and one of my favorite characters in the Bible is the, the dude when his, his son is sick and he goes to Jesus and, and, then, and then Jesus says, you know, do you believe? And he says, I believe, help my unbelief. I want to say, I love that guy. And I love that guy because he had the courage to verbalize what I think every day. God, I do believe. I believe in you. I trust you. Help me in my unbelief because that's where we live. That's the kingdom of God. That's the tension of trusting God in the midst of circumstances that say God's not going to be there for you. That's why I love that guy. And I will say this. in behalf of that guy, You know, it's always tougher when your kids are going through it, whether they're sick or going through something else. It's one, you know, when I get sick, I've talked about before, I don't do, I don't, I don't get sick very much and I don't do sick well. When I get sick, I go in my bedroom and close the door for two days and don't come out and don't come in. Don't bother me. Leave me alone and then I'll come back and I'll be fine. When my kids get sick, I I fret and I, I, it's just horrible. I hate it. You know, I just, I, I, you want to do something so bad and you can't. And that's what was going on when that guy said, I believe, help my unbelief. So I'm just saying it's hard. It's hard. And here's the, here's the the, the secret to spiritual growth. Am I going over? No, I'm good. You're going to hate this. You're going to hate this as much as I do. But repetition is the key to transformation, We got to believe over and over again. We got to believe today, and then we got to get up and we got to believe tomorrow again. And then the next day after that, we got to get up and we got to do it again. And that's the only way that we get through this. The faith I have today will not carry me through tomorrow. It's good for today, but it won't carry me through tomorrow. Repetition is the key to transformation. And that's why. When we're little, when we're young, we memorize Scripture, right? We memorize Scripture. We meditate on Scripture. We do those things so that when we're driving and somebody's a knucklehead on the road or we're at work or on our whatever, those places where, you know, our mind gets sucked into the vortex, we don't dwell on that. We can come back and say, greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. I can say that in the midst of all the knuckleheads on the highway. You know what I mean? Um, in Christ Jesus, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I can do that in the midst of really hard stuff. You know, there is therefore no condemnation in Christ Jesus. I can say that when the enemy says, You really are a worthless, no good, nothing. No, 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 that's not true. And I I said it was the last thing. Now this is really the last thing. Feelings are not a good source of spiritual input. Input. Information. Spiritual information. We can't take spiritual information from our feelings because our feelings... Will lead us astray. <laughs> okay, so the enemy is launching flaming arrows, and and when when, when those hit, we go, oh yes, ah, and so we we get sucked into the feeling what that what's happening. So we have to we have to believe in God and what He says above what we feel at the moment. That's my point. So I'll, now I really will close. And city if you want to come back up and play piano, uh, I was thinking about this. There's a I love music. There's an old 80s band called Lone Justice. Anybody remember Lone Justice? Good night, people. Go to the last slide for me. They had a song uh, that I really like. I I think it's called Belfry, but the opening line says, scarred, scourged, tattered, vessels frayed and frail, the shield of faith is battered. But it will not lie down to let defeat prevail. We really can overcome all that stuff. In faith in life thanks again for listening if you'd like to sow into what God is doing through Cascade Vineyard we always welcome your prayers for our church body our communities and our leadership if you'd like to contribute financially please visit cascadevineyard.org give we'll see you next week